you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey there, everybody. It is Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we've been named as Pro Bowl alternates. I'm Marcus Grant. Alongside Michael F. Florio, producer Justin is at the controls. And um, so we talked about this a little bit at the end of uh, Tuesday's show, but it is mostly a football free weekend. I mean, I know the Pro Bowl is happening, but you know, nobody gets geeked out about the Pro Bowl the way, you know, they do about championship center. Like I'm not getting invites to Pro Bowl parties is is basically <laughs> what I'm saying here. Do those exist? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um I don't know if you know this. I mean, you probably don't, but you know once upon a time, uh the NFL used to play like a consolation game, and I think it was it was either just before or just after the Super Bowl. Um it went for like a decade, like in the 60s, where if you lost the conference championship game, then you played like in a third place game. Um, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, like who wants to do that? I think it went for like, it went for like 10 years. Uh, but I do think like some of the proceeds went to like a charity fund or something like that. Uh, but after a while, I think people realize that like nobody wants to, who wants to play in that game? Saying, even the players want to play in that? I can't imagine they wanted to, right? Like, hey, you know, here's a reminder that you lost your chance to go win a championship. Here, playing this third place bowl uh, or something like that. So now they've made it the Pro Bowl this week. Um, which... I'm old enough to remember when the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl. Yes. And mm-hmm. that was, I mean, like that was the most anticlimactic thing ever. Oh, that was su- the super who cares bowl at that point, right? Because it's like the Super Bowl is happening and everybody's like all done. And then it's like, hey, it's the Pro Bowl. Like no one, no one cared. So, so at least this, this, this time around with it before the Super Bowl, there's a little bit more excitement, a little bit more interest. Uh, and then they have the skills challenge, which uh, I will admit when they first talked about doing a skills challenge, I'm like, this seems kind of silly. Like who cares? And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Uh, so I will admit to being wrong about that. I, I will say... I'm not a fan of all-star games regardless of sports, but the skill challenge, NBA, MLB, and now NFL, I will watch all of those. 
Yeah, no, those are great. Um, you know, and I, I do, I, I think, I don't know if I said this on the show, if I said this to you guys, like, before we taped the show, but once upon a time, the MLB All-Star Weekend did have an actual skills challenge. I mean, it was more than just the home run derby. Uh, I remember going to one in Oakland in 1988, uh, and they had, like, you know, like, throwing accuracy and, like, you know, like, hitting accuracy. They had put, like, big targets out in the outfield, and, like, I remember Tony Gwynn just, like, spraying the ball to all fields, and they had, like, a base running contest and that sort of thing. I'm like, 11-year-old me thought that was really super cool, and then, of course, the home run derby was, like, awesome because um, Mark McGuire was hitting jacks and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like baseball should bring that back. Like, that would be a cool thing to do, and, and MLB sort of ditched that somewhere along the way. Definitely should be. And, and the NBA one is as as is great. Like mm-hmm. all the the different ones they have, and and now the football. The, I was like you. I was like dodgeball. I don't want to watch football players play dodgeball. And then I watch, <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. This is actually kind of cool. <laughs> so, so yeah. So uh, that's something to look out for. I guess uh, this weekend there. Um, we're gonna talk some tight ends because we've been doing our positional uh, sort of look aheads. Uh, so we'll finish it off with tight ends. I, unless, look, I will put it to you. I mean, do you want to do kickers in defense? Um, do we, no. do we, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> Especially awesome. for de- a, a top scoring defense hasn't repeated as a top scoring defense the next year, like ever. So right. like, it's just a guessing game. Yeah. Okay, good. I was hoping you'd say that. Cause otherwise I was going to really have to scramble to try to figure out how to do rundowns, <laughs> uh, for the next couple of shows, but, uh, we'll talk some tight ends, uh, kind of look ahead at that position. Uh, so we will, uh, you know, kind of dig into that just a little bit. Uh, but first want to start. Because we're, we are still a little ways away from free agency, but it is sort of right around the corner. And there's going to be a lot of names out there. I know at quarterback it's not maybe the most exciting class, but there are some interesting names, wide receiver, running back, uh, that could be out there. So I picked kind of five names at – not random, but uh, not five names of interest. How about that? And, and I ask you, should they stay or should they go, right? Um and if, they, if you think they should leave, maybe if you have a spot for them where they should possibly go. But the one start with a guy who was arguably the biggest bust in fantasy this past year, Allen Robinson, it, it fell apart for him in Chicago. Uh, I would be shocked as anything if he comes back to Chicago next year. So, I mean, I'll ask, should he stay or should he go? I'm going to guess you're going to say go. And if so, where? He should definitely go. Uh, I mean, it's a running joke between us that he doesn't love Chicago. He clearly wasn't happy this year uh, with the Bears. And also, the Bears kind of were phasing him out, it felt like. Like, Darnell Mooney was getting more targets than him. Towards the end of the year, Cole Komet was more involved than Allen Robinson was. I think Allen Robinson deserves a little bit of the blame, but I'm still willing to to say that I think more of it is the pieces around him, and it just wasn't a great fit there. Um, as for where he should go, I don't, I want to see him play with a good quarterback. So for me, that is, is criteria number one. I also don't want to see him be like the only receiver because I do have a little bit concerns of what we just saw this past year. So one that came to mind, the Los Angeles chargers, because Mike Williams is now a free agent this year. So you put him there with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, that would be a really, really hard offense to stop. Kansas City is their second receiver is another one that comes to mind. Uh, but for me, I think the Chargers would be the most fun landing spot for, for Allen Robinson. Yeah, the Chargers, I think, is uh, that, that one seems hard to top because, man, you put him with Keenan Allen, get Justin Herbert throwing the ball, uh, that can be a lot of fun. I, I'm looking around. There's not a lot of, I think, easy answers beyond that. Um Depending on what happens with Calvin Ridley, Atlanta could potentially be interesting uh, to pair him up with Kyle Pitts down there. Um, you know, 
Kansas City obviously is always in the mix because they weirdly somehow they could still use another wide receiver, which which seems sort of weird to begin with. Um, I'm just looking at places where maybe he pairs up with another wide receiver that that you know can take some pressure off as well. Washington, if they can figure out their quarterback situation, because I don't think Taylor Heineke is the long term answer. Um, maybe that could be interesting there, but but I'm with you. He's he's got to leave Chicago. I think that relationship is too broken uh, at this point to to really to really make a difference. Um, Chris Godwin, who potentially could be a free agent, we know that Tom Brady's not going to be there next year since he announced his retirement earlier in the week. Um, does it make sense for him to stay in Tampa? Wait to see who the quarterback situation is, or does he test the waters? I think a lot of it comes down to who the quarterback is in Tampa Bay, but I'm kind of I'm thinking he should leave, man. It, it could get really ugly for the foreseeable future, at least the immediate future in Tampa Bay. And the two spots that I had in mind where I was like, Chris Godwin would be pretty fun there. One is Miami. And I know on our last episode, we were talking of Jalen Waddle there, but you bring Chris Godwin and now you have two legitimate wide receiver ones, no excuses for Tua. Uh, but the other one that I thought of, they have a lot of cap, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I I, I like Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel and, and DJ Chark and, and the other pieces that they have there. But I think it was pretty evident they were missing a clear-cut wide receiver one. And something that we've seen, that the recent trend be, like, when you have a, a first-round pick quarterback, you have to, within a year or two, load up on talent around him. So I think they need to bring in another big-name receiver, and I think Chris Godwin would be a great safety blanket. He could operate out wide, out of the slot. You could move him all over the field. I think it would help Trevor Lawrence a lot. I will add one more team to that list because I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves Tampa this year, right? Like he's got a he's got a ring, um, you know. At this point, maybe he just chases whatever whoever can give him a big contract. So a name that I would probably add to that list uh, would be Philadelphia because the the Eagles have whiffed on wide receivers. You know, Devontae Smith looks like he's going to develop into something, but beyond that, they have sort of whiffed at the wide receiver position. Jalen Rager has not developed the way they would have anticipated. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has been a complete bust so far. Um, bring in a guy like Chris Godwin, pair him with Devontae Smith. You've got a good tight end in Dallas Goddard. Um, and, and maybe if you really are committed to seeing what you've got in Jalen Hurts, now he's got one more weapon to work with in that offense. And similar to what you said about him in other places, he can move inside, he can move outside, he can do a lot of different things with Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, and uh, what, he's a, he's a Penn State guy, so you bring him back, bring him back to the state of Pennsylvania. So uh, I, I, I sort of like that uh, potentially for him uh, there in, in, in uh, Philadelphia. Um, Melvin Gordon who, as much as we tried to bury him this year, he just kept hanging around and hanging around and being productive. Uh, does he stick in Denver? Or does he go somewhere else? I think there's a good chance that he re-signs in Denver. Um, it all depends, though, on, on how much money he's going to be asking for because they might just not think it's worth investing in a running back when they have Javante Williams. Selfishly, I am hoping he ends up playing elsewhere because I think Javante Williams is an RB1 all he needs is the opportunity, and Melvin Gordon is kind of hurting that. If he was to sign elsewhere, uh, there was three teams that, when I was just looking over, it came came to mind. One, the Texans, just because they, they were desperately in need of a running back, so he could sign there and still get a large workload. But the ones that I like more, the Eagles, because like you were just saying, they, they have a lot of pieces there, but... Uh, I, I think Miles Sanders is a good running back. I don't think he is like a 
every down running back like we were hoping he would be. At least the Eagles have never really valued him as that. So instead of like Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, you could have a a Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon backfield. I think they would feed well off of each other. Or the Seahawks because I know Rashad Penny just had a great end of the year run that a lot of fantasy people are excited about. I know Chris Carson, when he has been on the field, has been productive. But those two have not been able to stay on the field for long at all. Melvin Gordon is the opposite of that. He's very durable. Uh, and I, I just think he could be the the like he could be the hammer and like Rashad Penny could be that that lightning rod for them out of that backfield. Uh, I like that. I also like the uh, I like the Dolphins as the potential landing spot too. Um, you know, this this past year I think we we sort of hoped that maybe Miles Gaskin could be a workhorse, and that obviously wasn't the case. They went through a number of different guys. I mean, Duke Johnson was getting time. Savon Ahmed was getting carries there. Um, they've got a ton of cap space too, right? So they can go out if they want to spend in free agency. Uh, they can absolutely do that right now. Um, and look, I don't I don't expect them to invest much at running back. So I, you know, the way we have seen the position over the last few years, uh, teams aren't spending big on them. So if they want to maybe offer, you know, if Melvin Gordon's looking for a, a big deal, uh, the Dolphins are one of the teams that could possibly give him one uh, and give him an opportunity to get a lot of carries there. So uh, I like that potential fit down there in, in South Florida. Uh, a guy who's currently in the state of Florida, but may not be much longer, Ronald Jones, um, who. Look, we've said this before. I mean, he's not a bad running back, but Leonard Fournette just outplayed him and made it hard for him to get on the field. Uh, we talked on Tuesday about uh, how the Bucks' offense could be drastically different. Um, is Ronald Jones going to be a part of it? Should he be a part of it? Should he stick around maybe? I don't think he should. Uh, I, I think if the Bucks bring back either of their running backs, I think it'll be Leonard Fournette. Uh, I, I just think they, they like him better. He's been more productive, and he... He was a really big part of that Super Bowl run. So I think to the fan base, he just he's a player that means a lot. Uh, Ronald Jones, though, I, I do think is a I think he's a good running back. I, I think he was a little bit overhyped coming out of college, but he is very explosive. We know that. So I, I do want to see him go somewhere where, you know, his head coach actually likes him because <laughs> everything that Bruce Arians has ever done kind of indicates that he never has fully trusted Ronald Jones. So I would like to see him go any of the teams that I said, the Dolphins, like you said, any team where he can go and at least get a, a shot at like a 50-50 split or something like that because I do think he could be a useful fantasy piece. I just thought he was never worth trusting while he was in Tampa. Be and, and that's because Bruce Arians just seemed not to trust him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Miami's an interesting spot for him. I think Houston potentially could be an interesting spot for him. I mean, if we're playing narratives, he is a Texas native, so it's a chance for him to go back to the state of Texas potentially uh, and play there. And I do think there's look the the running back position in, in in Houston is wide open, so there's certainly an opportunity for him to get on the field and get plenty of opportunities. But um, I would be surprised if the Bucks don't. Don't just go through a complete rebuild at this point. Um, so maybe we see a lot of those faces kind of gone there uh, from Tampa Bay that we're used to seeing. Um, last one, uh, Zach Ertz, who was traded uh, midway through the season and played great in the second half of the year for the uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, maybe the Cardinals try to keep him around because of what he because of what he meant for them. Does he stay? Does he go? And if so, where where might he go? I think this is one that I, I, I'm hoping that he stays there. Uh, he went to, to the Cardinals and put up tight end one numbers. He, he looked rejuvenated there. Him and Kyler Murray clearly had 
good rapport. And I think you could make the argument that he was their wide receiver too. Like I know he's a tight end, but it, he was always like, it was DeAndre Hopkins and Ertz. And then once D hop went out, it was like, which wide receiver was going to step up each week. It, it was more often than not Christian Kirk, but the number two option was consistently Zach Ertz. And most weeks he was the number one option when it came in terms of just targets. So I, I thought Ertz and, and the Cardinals were a really good fit and I would just keep him there next year. Yeah. I, I think he should stick around too. I think it was a great fit for everybody. Um, you know, and and like I said, the the Cardinals could use more pass catchers, man. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a nice piece, but you know there was just some inconsistency. Uh, you know, AJ Green kind of had his moments. Rondale Moore came and went, but you, you give Zach Ertz that opportunity to be that consistent target for Kyler Murray. Uh, that just seems like a, a really easy, really good fit uh, down there in Arizona. So uh, so maybe he sticks around. We'll see. Um, all right, let's go ahead to the tight end leaders since we're going from tight ends. Let's keep, let's keep that theme going. So as always, uh, your top five tight ends through week 17 PPR format. Mark Andrews takes over at the top of the charts. He is your number one tight end in 2021. Travis Kelsey at number two. George Kittle at three. Dalton Schultz, maybe a surprise at four. And Kyle Pitts ends as a top five fantasy tight end. Uh, it wasn't easy necessarily to get there, but uh, he did enough. And, and this was, you know, despite not scoring a whole lot of touchdowns uh ends as a top five guy so when it comes to draft strategy for tight ends next year who is your tight end one in 2022 as of now february 3rd it is mark andrews um i i think he's earned that uh he's been not elite well close like he's been elite for a tight end but he wasn't like kelsey or or kittle range just yet for the last couple of years but we really saw that change this year and he broke out we know he was always such a threat in the red zone but he just became such a more consistent receiver and just such a more consistent part of that passing game uh so right now he is my tight end one there's one player though that i could see maybe chasing him down and catching him for me but uh we're going to talk about that guy a little bit later yeah, I have a feeling I know who that is, too. Um, yeah, I got I got Mark Andrews at number one. I mean, the last couple of years, uh, I had sort of been predicting that somebody else was going to be the number one tight end. A couple of years ago, I thought it was going to be George Kittle, um, just because, you know, it's hard to keep repeating over and over again as the number one tight end, especially as you're getting older. Um, so I, I think Mark Andrews is going to be the guy right now because – um, he is the most consistent part of that Ravens passing attack, and I think they're going to continue to lean on him heavily, even though I do think you know we'll see better things from guys like Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman. Uh, I still feel like when Lamar Jackson gets in trouble, Mark Andrews is the guy he looks for, and more often than not, he's going to make plays, so, uh, so he's my number one. Uh, so that begs the question, though, when is the earliest you would draft a tight end next year? I want to say third round, but I have a feeling that if you're going to want to get one of these elite tight ends, it's probably still going to be in the second round. I don't think we're going to see anyone making the argument to take a tight end in the first round like we did last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, like middle of the second round, we see like Mark Andrews get taken. Uh, but ideally, I wish it was the third round. Yeah, I think third round is probably the earliest I could pull the trigger on it. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing Mark Andrews in the second Um I get the sense we'll probably get a little mini run somewhere mid to late second into the early third where you'll get in some particular order, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, maybe Waller, uh, and then Kyle Pitts. Uh, I would I would be surprised if any of those guys are still on the board after the fourth round. I just have a feeling that, that the people are going to reach because they just want that consistency at the position. 
I get it. That was why I drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round uh, in a ton of leagues this past year. Third one, and we have to ask it because it's obligatory when we talk about tight ends. Will tight end actually be deeper in 2022? I I think the answer is yes, but to an extent. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's this is the year you could wait on tight end because there's 12 really good ones, but, like, it's not – like it was in a couple years ago, I think, where like if you don't have one of the big three, you're just kind of sitting there and, and trying to guess each week who's going to do well. Like for me, it, it, like we named five names that could go in the first four rounds and we didn't say guys like Zach Ertz, Hawkinson, Goddard, who I think are weekly starts. So I, I think you can get to the point where there's like somewhere in the range of like eight to ten reliable tight ends each week. And then there's a couple of upside guys after. But um it's definitely not deep enough to the point where like you could just wait on the position because whether you have the the fifth or the twelfth guy, you're gonna have a really good t- like it's not that deep. Yeah, I, I will say this. I feel like the difference this year though is a thing you talked about last season where you know from say what seven to twenty you have this gap and there's really no like you know one week this guy could be our, our tight end number seven, then next week he could be tight end number twenty two. Right? I don't feel like we have that kind of range of outcomes with a lot of these guys like I think we have a group of guys now and I would say you know maybe 8 to 10 8 to 12 that you feel like they are consistently going to finish among the top 12 in any given order in any given week so I think you know I I don't know that the number is necessarily deeper but I think you're going to have more consistency amongst your top tight ends now than we've had in the past. And and so I think that gives you a little bit more comfort where you don't necessarily have to panic and get a guy like Kelsey in the first couple of rounds. You can, I, I will say wait in air quotes, you can wait until say the fifth round and maybe a guy like say, you know, even maybe wait a little bit longer, right? Say a guy like Dallas Goddard or TJ Hawkinson are still hanging around there. So you're not pressed to reach early and get one of these guys. And you can still feel like you have a pretty good tight end. So, um, I guess if you consider that to be deeper, then yes, tight end is going to be deeper uh, in 2022. All right, we will take a pause, come back, and uh, look ahead at tight ends and uh, give you our dynasty rankings at the position as well. That's next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't know what you're thinking. This is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? 
Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. As we always do about this part of the show, uh, play some hype train or smoke screen. I got four names uh, in some various scenarios for 2022, and we'll decide if it's real or fake. Uh, so the first one. You talked about a guy who might be pressing Mark Andrews for that number one spot. Uh, I'm guessing it's Kyle Pitts that you were talking about. So the hype train or smokescreen question is Kyle Pitts will be drafted as a top two tight end next year. I, I think this is a hype train because it, it 100% was Kyle Pitts that I was referencing. <laughs> and the thing I, I could see with Pitts is like I, I could see it going in like you know, the early drafts in like June and July and even earlier than that, I don't think he will be a top two tight end, but I think he'll just quickly keep climbing up the board. And I think come August when, you know, the hype is there and, and we're seeing videos of him doing insane things at, at training camp, which we're going to get <laughs> undoubtedly. Uh, I, think, I think the hype will really push him up. And in fact, I've actually, I've yet to do an early draft, but I've looked at a couple of the boards and I've seen Kyle Pitts go in the third round, which I was like, cool, I'm going to have a lot of Kyle Pitts. And then I saw him go in the middle of the second round in one, and I was like, why are we doing this already? <laughs> this guy is going to be going in, like, the end of the first round come August. I, I don't think he quite will go in the first, but I definitely think he'll be a top two tight end off the board. See, I think I, I, I have the timeline reversed from you. I, first off, hype train. I think he will be drafted as a top two tight end. But I have the, uh, I have the timeline reversed. I think what's going to happen is all the early drafters are going to, like, drive this thing up. Um, and I think it's going to be when we get we get to the the more casual folks who show up in July and August. And I'm, I'm not saying that to like denigrate them. I mean, it's just kind of how it is. They're going to show up in July or August and they're going to look at Kyle Pitts. They're going to be like, this dude, he didn't score any touchdowns. He had a whole <laughs> lot of bad weeks. I'm not going to draft him in the second round. And so I think I think what's going to happen is that it's going to sort of balance out when a lot of the casual drafters uh, kind of jump back in later in the summer and they're not as gung-ho on Kyle Pitts as some of us who have been doing this nonstop are. So uh, I think he'll still be a top two tight end. I just have my, I have my order of his, his ADP timeline reversed from yours. I kind of like, I, I kind of, as you were explaining it, I was like, no, I could see that because a lot of people are going <laughs> to be like, oh, this guy didn't score me any touchdowns, but like he was awesome still. Right, right. He was great. He just, you know, it was just our expectations were a little bit high. Uh, all right, so Kyle Pitts, we think it's going to be drafted as a top two tight end. Hype train or smoke screen? Travis Kelsey won't finish as a top three tight end in 2022. I think that's a smoke screen. I, I think uh, Travis Kelsey has one more high end year in, in him. And then I think, like, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had a uh, end of his career. Like, remember when Jason Witten was in, like, his mid-30s and he wasn't putting up, like, the video game numbers like he was, but he was still like a top 10 fantasy tight end. Not not the year with the Raiders where he somehow was top 10, but the Cowboys, Jason. <laughs> right. I could see Travis Kelsey having an end of a career similar to that, where like I think next year it, it's not quite as good as it was this year, but I could still see him putting up like a 1,000 yards because of the offense that he plays in and the pieces he has around him. And, and then I think it just slowly, gradually declines. But I think he's got one more high-end top three year left in him. 
I'm going to I'm going to say hype train. Uh, I don't think he falls off a cliff, but I think, you know, if he finishes four or five, something like that, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'll, I'll, I will go out and say Mark Andrews as uh, top three. I'll put Kyle Pitts in the top three um, just based on what he did this past year. And again, not scoring really any touchdowns. Uh, and then in that third one, take your pick. George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, you can you know kind of take your pick of, of either of those guys. So that that automatically pushes Kelsey to uh, four at best in in my in my rankings. Um, like I said, it's not it's not terrible. It's not the end of the world. Uh, it's just not you know Travis Kelsey sitting on top like we're used to seeing. That's all. Uh, and then maybe you can start talking about the downfall after that. But I, I'm with you. I think he still has at least one more good year in him. Just not you know top three tight end good. Um. Zach Ertz, who you know, we talked about playing really well in Arizona uh, after he got traded. He is back now to being an elite tight end. For our purposes, let's say elite, let's let's say top eight. Top eight fantasy tight end, hype train or smokescreen. I I think that is a hype train. I, I was gonna say originally smokescreen, but if we're making it top eight, I, I definitely think he could finish in that. For me, I think the the you just named all the guys that I think are the tier one of tight ends, the, the Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, and Kelsey. I think Ertz goes in that second tier with like Hawkinson and Goddard as they're they're not they don't bring the ceiling of the top five guys, but they are very reliable. You could start them each week. You don't have to sweat out the tight end position if you have one of those guys. So uh, for me, I, I think that is the tier that he should live. Uh, so if we're saying top eight, I, I think that's hype train. Okay. Uh, I definitely think it's hype train there. If, if I say top five, what would you say? Then I think smoke screen. Smoke screen. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. I think that I think that's reasonable to think that, that he could not – you know, get in the top five and somehow be in the top eight. Uh, hopefully it is still in Arizona because I think that is yeah. his best chance to, to be successful again this year. And it was nice. Um, it was nice to see him be productive. It was nice to kind of be able to see Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz both be productive. They needed to be on separate teams to kind of, you know, really blossom. And so it sort of worked out. It's kind of what I wish would have happened with Hunter Henry and John New Smith. But instead, they both went to New England and... Johnny Smith was not good. I don't know that Hunter Henry was great. He scored a lot of touchdowns, which helped, but I don't know that he was really good. Do you remember the hype when Johnny Smith? He was like the first big name play, like the first yeah. player maybe to sign, and all the hype on Twitter, and then it just it never happened. Yeah, I feel like I might have I might have thrown some coal in that train's engine because uh, <laughs> I was a I was a big Johnny Smith stan, and uh, I was sort of torn on what do I do now? I like both him and Hunter Henry. I don't know who to pick. Uh, and it turned out that there was one obviously right answer when the year was done. Um, Pat Fryermuth was kind of an interesting uh, conversation piece this past year. He had some moments when he was really good. He had some moments when he you know, kind of looked like a rookie tight end. That's no shame. Um, no Ben Roethlisberger at Pittsburgh next year. Hype trainer smokescreen. Pat Fryermuth will be a top 10 fantasy tight end. This out of all the questions, this was the one that I struggled with the most, and I was going back and forth on. I think I landed, though, on Hype Train because, one, he's just a, a very young, he's a good athlete, uh, and, and I was very encouraged by what he did as a rookie. But even more than that, he is the Steelers' best end zone, red zone weapon, uh, and that was ev evident this year. Like, in the second half of the year, when they were getting, you know, in the red zone, like, he was a huge part of their offense. So I think he has a chance of scoring, like, eight to ten touchdowns and I think if so regardless of what he does elsewhere like that probably is enough to make him a top 10 tight end yeah um I'm gonna I'm gonna go a hype train on it too just because I think you know uh 
I, I think the Steelers are going to lean on him more. I'm curious to see what their offense is going to look like next year. We know Deontay Johnson is going to be there with Claypool. Uh, they still got to get Najee Harris involved. But the fact that they can use Fryermuth down near the end zone, I think, is going to be uh, is going to be what sort of puts him over the top. Um, so I think when you when I say top ten, it might be ten. Um, but I think I think he can kind of sort of slide in there uh, next year with that. Uh, we're still we're still not believing the Steelers are going to go into the season with Mason Rudolph, right? They can't, especially with all the quarterbacks on the move and and available. Like, go out and get Mitch Trubisky if you can't get any <laughs> of the bigger name starters. Like, get someone that is better than Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I would I would think they're not going to do that. They just can't. Because man, I re I rethink my Friar Muth stance if it's Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Yes. That's all I'm saying. I'd rather Dwayne Haskins. Like, yeah. give me that. Yeah, at least give him a shot. Let's see what he's got and figure it out from there. Bring Josh Rosen over. Do something like that. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I have to get off my joke. Like, I really believed in Josh Rosen, which will teach me as a USC alum to like you know support a Bruin. But I I can't anymore. I just can't in good conscience. You know, I just realized you don't give MJD enough enough heat for that one because he <laughs> takes so many shots at, at I know, USC. right? <laughs> and, like, Josh Rosen is the ultimate, like, this was your guy? Well, the difference is, like, the guys that MJD is taking a shot at actually were good enough to make it on the field. Like, so I can't take a shot at Josh <laughs> Rosen because he never gets on the field. So, uh, but I really did believe, I really believed uh, that he would be – I didn't think he'd be a superstar, but I thought of the quarterbacks in that draft class. He seemed the most pro-ready, uh, and he has probably been the one that has done the least of them. I, uh, you thought like he would be like the Mac Jones of this last class? Kind of, yeah. I even I was actually at that draft in Dallas, and I wrote a little piece because in his uh, his post-draft press conference or whatever, uh, he went all like Arya Stark, and he's like, there were nine mistakes made ahead of me. It was like he was like checking off names like Arya Stark at night or whatever. Uh, I wrote a whole little piece about that, and every time something happens with Josh Rosen, I dig it out, and I read it with a tear in my eye. Anyway. I, <laughs> I wanted Josh Rosen over Josh Allen. Uh, I'm I'm so happy I'm, they did not you, listen to me. You got to be glad to be wrong, because that worked out <laughs> oh, for you. So happy to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, as we get to the end here, as we always do, it's time for the Dynasty Check. Uh, your top five Dynasty tight end rankings. Uh, Kyle Pitts is number one, because there's never been an easier top one dynasty tight end i feel like mark andrews is number two george kittle just because he's a little bit younger than the other uh elite options i have him at three i have darren waller at four who i think uh might get overlooked a little bit next year but for me this past year was a lost year for darren waller i don't think it could get any worse than it was i expect him closer to what he was in 2020 and 2019 and then Travis Kelsey, I still have him in my top five, despite getting up there in age. I think he's got at least one more really high-end year in him, and then a couple of like still very startable years after that, just because of the offense he's in. All right. Uh, our top three are the same. Kyle Pitts, for me, is one. Mark Andrews, two. George Kittle is at three. Uh, I put Kelsey at four. You know, I think this might be the last year that I can – reasonably put him in my top five I think in dynasty but I think you know they can they can run it back at least one more time with he and Mahomes uh and uh and, and Tyreek Hill so I've got him at number four I went TJ Hawkinson just ahead of Darren Waller with him at number five just because he's a little bit younger um you know I I don't know if what we saw out of Hunter Renfro is a sign of things to come but I do know that in Detroit uh it is for sure like the Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown show and even if Jared Goff is not the long-term answer which I don't think he is uh I still think TJ Hawkinson's a big part of what they do so he's at five I have Darren Waller just very close behind him uh at six for me so um so yeah that's uh 
That's our tight end look. Uh, are you doing the uh, the the? You said you're gonna do the Super Bowl experience this weekend, huh? Yeah, I'm going uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, not sure how like how long I'm gonna, but I'm just going to check it out. And and I figure like, hey, I've only got to do this once before when the Super Bowl was in New York, so might as well go and and enjoy it. And and it's gonna be cool. It's like a whole week full of like. Super Bowl and football activities, and then it, and then sadly it's all over. Yeah, and then it's all over. Then we, uh, you know, so we got like a little more than a week until the game. So uh, next week we'll be back, and uh, we'll talk more definitely about uh, you know that game that's happening at SoFi Stadium between the Bengals and the Rams. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that. In the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay ha- happy, safe, and healthy. Get vax, wear a mask, do good, live well, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.